Welcome back to Comeback. As always, I am your host Connor, and today my guest is a recurring one. It is Zed Said, formerly on episode 184, and we're going to talk about match designs, Vietnam life, and more. Zed, how are you? Wow, you remember the episode number? Yeah, it was a guess actually. I don't. <laughs> we'll find out when I go through the archives later. Exactly I, I which cannot one. even remember. Yeah, I do remember doing it. It was during the four month lockdown. Lockdown. It yeah. was on Zoom. It was on Zoom. Yeah, it was yeah. You, me, and uh, Nick. Yeah, yeah. On Zoom. And it was very grainy. Yeah, and I was just like really lonely, just sitting there on my desk and just like telling stories and just like laughing alone at home, like ha oh. ha. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a rough time, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. I had to think at that point I took three months off drinking and it was amazing because wow. I just thought I just get completely stuck into podcasts instead which was sweet I came out and then first party I went to I thought shit it hit me it hit me really badly so what happened exactly like when you decided to stop what what okay so what made that decision come and what came after that decision I think I've decided it's really nice to have a break it was the first time since I was probably about 16 17 where I hadn't drank for say three months so I thought, right, why not give this an opportunity? This is perfect. There's nobody to drink with. It's not fun. If you drink on your own, it's boring. And you just get a hangover for the sake of it, which is shit. So why not take a break? So I did, sir. And then when I had my break, I felt healthier. I felt more energy. I, I, I still felt social. Like, I still socialized, but I didn't feel the, ne the necessity to do it anymore. So now, for example, when I go to bars, sometimes I don't drink. And I'm perfectly happy with that. It makes me a lot more comfortable. Uh, a lot more, I guess, I don't know, say more grounded. I'm kind of aware of what's going on. And then when I do, I appreciate it more. So I don't really have blackouts anymore because it's really like helped me stay grounded in that regard. So it's quite a nice period during lockdown. What were your, I don't know, what was the something you achieved during lockdown that you're proud of? During lockdown, I was, uh, I was really focusing on learning more music. I learned more, like, I learned a lot more about uh, music theory. I played a lot of piano. A lot of uh, I I learned how to uh, use Ableton. Not sure mm. if you know, it's like a music software. It's like Photoshop for music. Yeah, I'm not too familiar. Yeah, so it's basically like Photoshop for music. Uh, I learned a lot about that software. It's like it was really cool, really fun using it. So uh, I was really proud to do like some some tracks using the software. Pretty cool. Yeah. Anything else during lockdown? Did you get into reading or meditation or any of that kind of thing? Or was music your main focus? You know, like, actually, when you say meditation, because when when people you when I used to hear people say meditation, I imagine someone sitting in a yoga pose. Mm, and just, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I started, like, hearing a lot of stories, people doing meditation in different forms. Like, someone just listening to music, someone just walking, someone just lying down on his back doing nothing. Like, meditation can be in any form, I guess. And I, uh, I decided to see like, okay, like I, I basically, I do that sometimes. I just let my mind go and just see what's, if I just let my mind go, it just wonders where it wants to go, what's mm. bothering me most. And that's what it's going to think about. And I just started to do this more often and just like lie down and just, you know, like maybe turn up the lights, maybe just lie down and just like think, maybe take a walk. Walks help a lot. Like I heard like that blood circulation or something, it helps with, uh, it flows the ideas and mm. thoughts into your head, yeah. which really helps. It does, um, and it did help a lot with with uh, this form of meditation or, or whatever we want to call it. It just helps, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. It was it was really good. Like it just makes it. Just, I just felt that I'm in a lot more focus mode on what the problem is and in problem solving mode. Like, okay, so what do we do about this? You know. 
Yeah, yeah for sure. That, it does. Yeah, the bit you mentioned there about the walking, I believe, I can't remember, I read this yesterday about a selection of people. One example is Dickens. He used to just walk through London late at night and often there's where his greatest ideas would come from. And he just quickly writes it down somewhere or whatnot. It's really good for that regard. The only issue was that in lockdown we couldn't really go walking anywhere. So I just went onto my rooftop and just walked on the treadmill just repeatedly. Or ran, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walking is walking. Yeah. When you were in lockdown, did matcha designs come from there? How did that all begin? Not at all. It, it so it came actually when me and my girlfriend we were on uh, like a, a vacation kind of on a weekend, and we decided to just go, you know, just like go to a hotel, just chill, you know, like pool time, relax time. And then uh, a friend of mine called, and he said, like, yo, I have a project for you. He knows that I'm a graphic designer, and I do like these kind of things. And he said, like, uh, I have a project, and this needs to be done in literally two days. And I was like this is really difficult and the requirements were a lot and I was like this is really difficult I like uh, let me let me see if I can do it or not and I, I asked my girlfriend do you think we can do this because she also knows graphic design and she's more into uh, content writing and and managing management I'm more into the design and creative part but I'm a I'm a, I'm a mess I I wouldn't know where to start so I know my, by myself I cannot do it so I asked her if she's up to it, and she said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, we took the project, we finished it in two days. It was like, we felt like really good after doing the project. And we said like, why don't we do this more often? And then when we came back to Saigon, we were like, okay, so let's see what we can do out of this. Like, do, should we go to Fiverr? Should we go to Upwork? Should we like go to like, you know, Facebook? And then we came up with uh, the idea, Matcha. And uh, like, it just started building up. Like it just started to make sense by itself, you know? Yeah, for sure. What projects have you done so far? I saw your work with Up Global. Is there anything else that you're able to share or talk about? Uh, well, the first project actually was, wasn't from Vietnam. It was from back at home in Egypt. And um, like now we're just trying to establish uh, like ourselves in Vietnam and like just basically wherever we can get projects who's perhaps getting into graphic design or thinking of starting a similar kind of business, what would you recommend to them? What would you advise? Um, practice, just practice, practice, practice. Just, just that's what makes it happen, you know? Like even if you have no idea what you're doing, just keep going, just practice. Yeah. Practice makes it makes perfect, you know? Like it's, it's just the secret, the yeah. secret to everything really. Yeah. Do you have any themes that come through in your design or are you able to adapt to your client or are there any, what I'm trying to say is basically are there any main themes that you lean towards I basically I tend to go to minimal kind of themed designs I don't want I don't like too much colors or too much text or too much you know like whatever I, I tend to go to minimal designs even if you like check my work it's, it's more like if experimental slash it depends on the clients of course because some designs don't like experimental stuff they just want traditional work and uh but i try to like you know like just cool it down with sometimes they want a lot of colors but it's just like visually not good so i just try to get into a middle ground yeah. with the clients how do you approach that middle ground though say if a client is completely set on having all of these colors and they want this vibrancy and you're thinking yeah this isn't really gonna work how do you navigate that balance if they really set their mind on this they're paying the money, it's their page, it's their business, I just do it, you know? Yeah, fast. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. But first I used to like, you know, like stand my ground, and be like, no, this is wrong, what you're doing is wrong. This is design, like the, the design, the colors, the whatever, I'm like, this is wrong, this is visually incorrect, something, something. And then they're like, 
they don't care they just they're paying the money they're the boss just do whatever they want and you know you can say your opinion you can say what you think is right what you think is wrong but if they don't respond to that it's just their business it's you know yeah just have to work it like that just do what they want yeah. <laughs> what happened to indica on new year's did you shoot something around there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was at indica like at uh new year's eve and i just got my gopro for my birthday my girlfriend got it for me and uh it was like the first time using it and i was like yeah new year's eve like just go out in the street i was just like you know filming whatever i can just walking around and then we went to indica and we decided to just like you know just film what's going on new year's eve and uh, we just ended up with a video and we just like, you know, just, I was like, that's a cool video. Yeah. And it just like decided to post it on, on as match the designs. Yeah, for sure. And it was similar to Up. I saw the work that you did there. Was that a similar project to the Indica one? It's, it's, it's not really similar because uh, Toro actually like I, you know, Toro has the Up uh, uh, Global thing and I, I always wanted to contribute, but I, I knew it was not going to be teaching because after teaching, I'm just dead. I cannot do any more teaching and also weekends I'm just I want to have some time for myself or do something that I like and taking videos or graphic design or editing videos is something that I like so I was like yes if you need that he's like we desperately need help with videos and and editing and so on and I was like yeah I'd love to help because it's something that I like to do and it's it's you know like for for UPP global so I decided to yeah tag in First, like he sent me like some material for Christmas that he had, and I edited the video real quick, and uh, because he, it was like kind of an urgent thing, he needed to post it before New Year's, and then uh, he told me like they have like uh, they do they have like this football thing every Saturday, so I told him like I can come take a video of of your session, and I did. It was like really cool. Like the kids are really, you know, they're very nice. They're very energetic. The session was definitely like uh, something memorable, you know, it was really cool. I'm, I'm looking forward more, more work with yeah. Toro. It's really cool. It sounds I it, loved man. it. Yeah. And when you mentioned you enjoy the design or the video editing side of things, why do you think it is exactly that you like that side of things? Because I personally don't, but I'm just looking from other people's perspectives. What is it about that that appeals to you? Well, it's, it's just, it's just what people like, I guess. Like, I mean... Personally, I like I like you know like just design stuff. I like taking videos, taking pictures, designing, doing illustrations, painting. If you tell me like to manage my timetable, if you tell me to uh, uh, I don't know like organize something, something I tell you like oh my god no I do not <laughs> enjoy this I do not like this. If you tell me like to put like I don't know like. You of course you do some preparations for every podcast or something, right? I'd just be like, yeah, yeah, it's in my mind. Like I'm okay, don't worry about it. But mm. you know, like to write everything down, organize it, have a calendar. Like I'm, I'm a mess. I cannot do that. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't enjoy. You know. Yeah. No, it makes me fascinated why so many people have different things. Well, I know some people need that certain structure. They need routine, and some can't stand it. And I think, how does this all operate? Yeah, it's just the weird nature of human psychology. Yeah, which I'm trying to get to. Exactly, but you know, like, it's this is this was like a very uh, uh, like because me and my girlfriend were like opposite when it comes to that. I'm like more of the design part. I'm more like yeah, like just come with creative ideas, but just like you know, be lazy about doing them even or something. And she's more into organization, management, content, you know. So 
like I throw in an idea and I'm like, oh, what do you think we should do this, this, this for match designs? And she's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do something, something, something organized. Like, this is what we do. This is when we post it. This is something, something. So I'm like, yeah, that's pretty neat. Like, okay, I cannot do what she's doing. I just throw in ideas, but tell me like, okay, like let's do these ideas. Like if I tell myself, let's do these ideas, I'm just really lazy, but she's into like, she organized it. She breaks down the task. And then it's easier, much easier for me to do. But it's just like, in my head, it's just like, oh, I have an idea, but I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it sometime, you know? But yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's it like working with a partner? I'm just curious, because can that be a bit too intense or? Um, so I was completely against it, especially business stuff with any friends or relatives or partners, especially. But you know, like when it comes to uh, matcha designs, it's basically just, um, you know, it's something that we both like. It's not our main job. So we're just, you know, like we're, do we're doing this because we enjoy it, not, be not because it's our like main source of income or something. Mm, yeah, sure. So we're just doing this because it's something that we both enjoy and we know that we can, you know, like just have a little fun with it. And a lot of things can go wrong. And, you know, when you're doing something with your friends, it's, when you get like in a lot of like, you know, like arguments or something, you're like, no, you fucked up my video. No, you fucked up something, something. And they're just like, you know, these are my friends. I don't want to have these kind of arguments with my friends. Like with the clients, people I don't know, like, yeah, of course. But like it happens all the time. It's normal, yeah. especially when it comes to design stuff, because th th it's not like teaching. Teaching is easy, you know, like it's just like one, two, three. But with design, like it, it, there's a lot of back and forth about everything, just like uh this is not what i wanted no this is uh i wanted different transitions or something no no i don't like the music i'm not gonna pay full amount or something just like it's just so fucked up it's yeah, yeah so many variables especially when it comes to art or like design or stuff like that it's, it's just so many variables so like a lot of back and forth about everything and it's just um you can it, it can get really you know messy with people, so it's normal to have it with clients, but if these clients are your friends, yeah. you know, like just meeting your friends later on, it's just not gonna be normal, you know? It like, muddies the water a bit, no, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the romance versus reality, because when you start a project, you think, oh yeah, I'll do it with my friends, we'll be best friends, it'll be amazing, No. and that runs out very quickly, right? Exactly. Yeah, within oh, moments, <laughs> I'd say moments, <laughs> minutes, days, you think, oh shit, yeah. It's a lot harder to, idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to use that practice of saying no, I find it so helpful when I don't want to do something, if it's a friend to say no, just say a complete no from the off. Otherwise things can fester and you say yes as a favor when you don't want to do it. And then the back of your head the entire time you think, oh shit, I shouldn't have said yes to this. And then you have to go along with it. And then eventually the divorce, shall we say, will be messy. So exactly. it's maybe best to just save all that shit and say no right at the beginning. Exactly. That One of my friends was, was starting a business, was starting a bar and he told me he wanted, uh, he wanted like graphic design. He wanted, uh, you know, to paint on the walls and so on and so on. And he asked me because, you know, like he knows I studied art. So he asked me to come and help. And I told him like, I'm, I would love to come and help. And he, he offered money and I was like, I'm not going to take any money. This is going to be like a favor, you know, like I'm just going to come and help you out. But I'm not going to take any money because, you know, once money started to get involved, it starts to get messy, really messy. And that's what happened. Other, he asked other friends to help for money. And, you know, like I see them like have a lot of, a lot of arguments all the time we're still cool me and him like <laughs> we're okay but you know like once money starts to get involved it starts to get really messy with people yeah no big time yeah i i've actually thought recently on my own example 
I don't think I've ever interviewed anyone that I'm that close to. As in anyone, say a really close friend before the podcast. Like most people who I've, say I've got close friends with now, I'll use Nick as an example, I met through the podcast basically. I wasn't close with him at the start. And if it was the case, I wouldn't probably have done the interview because my closest friends in Vietnam, I've not interviewed just because of, you know, I don't want any mess with it, any mud, any muddied waters. It's a tricky one trying to get that balance still. And just, yeah, again, as you said, when stuff gets involved like money and like creative differences, then the friendship can really suffer and that sucks. Exactly. You, can't, you can't forget it, even subconsciously. Say if you're at a bar two days later, you're still thinking, yeah, well, you fucked up my design. <laughs> or yeah, you <laughs> exactly. fucked up my wall. It can exactly. be such a tricky one, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly my point. Like, even if, if, even if I go and help him out and, like, fuck up his wall as he thinks or something, like, fuck up his design, I didn't take any money for him. I was just helping you out if you want something, you know, your, your own way. Just get someone to get, get paid for it and do whatever you want. But when money starts, money starts to get involved, it starts really getting really messy. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I just said, said no from the beginning. Just like, um, I would love to help you, but, you know, no. <laughs> Not a good idea. Yeah, no, I like it. In terms of matching design, where would you like to go with it? Have you got a specific aim or is it for now like a passion project? For now, to be honest, it's just a passion project. Uh, where like the ultimate goal of Matcha would be like, you know, like just have like a, a well-established agency with all the, you know, like edges that we have at Matcha right now. But still like it's a big agency, you know. Um, I'd love to have like uh, Matcha designs and then like, you know, like start something like uh, Matcha Media for like, you know, like uh, shooting uh, videos, ads, uh, promotion stuff, you know. And even like Matcha, um, I don't know, like Matcha Music or something, Matcha mm -hmm. Tunes, something, you know, like sister companies. That's like the ultimate goal, but you know, like, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you call it matcha? Interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> story time. Okay, so me and my girlfriend again, we, uh, we said we need to think what we want to do after that project. Like, we, we want to go somewhere else. We want to do more with this. And we were, you know, that, that part of it, like, thinking, like, should we go to Upwork, Facebook, whatever. And uh, we went to that uh, restaurant slash coffee shop called Moriko. Do you know Moriko? No. Like a Japanese place. And uh, she was having matcha and I was having some kind of whatever juice. And she loves matcha. And, and then we were just thinking like, okay, so then we should start something that like, it should be like, like a small agency or something. It shouldn't just be like, a, like just me and you trying to find you know like clients it should be like something it, it's like it's a, it sounds more professional we were like yeah yeah that's cool what what do you think we're gonna call it i was like yeah whatever like just like just call it match or something and she was like really and i was like really and she was like really and i was like really let's call it matcha and we did call it matcha and then the the funny part like did you see like the slogan uh remind me with like matcha designs because it just sounds it's just matcha designs so yeah. like what what do these guys do like matcha and the slogan I, because it sounds really confusing and i started as a joke and i said like we're gonna call it matcha designs and then we're gonna write the slogan we make matcha we make designs not matcha and she was laughing and then i was like i'm serious and she was like really and i was like let's try it in designs and we tried to put it in design we make designs not matcha it's it's like, like you know it's just talks about brand identity like which is like this kind of fun hip kind of brand mm. that is just like you know like it's it it is whatever it needs to be you know whatever the client needs it to be yeah 
I think I ask everyone who comes on here with some kind of creative endeavor or some kind of business or passion project, etc., of any obstacles that you had before it, any, you know, any challenges. Did you have any doubts of whether it would work or were you pretty confident it'd get out there? Did you care if it went bad or not? Of course we care because it's a pretty competitive market because there's a lot of designers everywhere, you know. And besides the designers, there are business owners who, did they just, you know, like, like why would I pay a designer? Just like, you know, just I'm gonna do my stuff on Canva or something. But here's the interesting part about matcha designs. So a lot of people try to do, um, excuse me, a lot of people try to do their designs and videos by themselves, business owners. Sometimes, sometimes it works, sometimes, some of them like make it work, but a lot of them still like, you know, they just end up wasting their time. And the thing about matcha design is that like if, you, if, if they just keep doing this, it's just basically wasting their time and energy and money, of course using like you know like uh, services like uh, Canva or something and that's when matcha design steps in the prices are you know like pretty similar to these websites and the turnover time is very fast like all the videos logos whatever these businesses need it's a matcha designs very fast and that's where we step in this is our edge you know this is what we try to aim for because we know a lot of people are out there but we just decided to have this as our you know edge this is what we do. We're very fast, very cheap, and we're there, you know? We're out there. So that's what we're trying to do. A lot of competition, but you know, like we try to find our own edge. Yeah. <laughs> if there's anyone out there who, you know, is thinking of coming to Matcha Designs for any kind of work or any project, what should they expect from you? Um, I don't want to sound, you know, like too, um, too like, oh, it's a very cheap brand, <laughs> but at the same time, it's, you know, it's, it's cheap. It's a very reasonable price. It's a very reasonable price compared to the market. And at the same time, it's, uh, it's not like other designs at the same price range. Because we checked the market. We, we saw what people do. And we, we said like, okay, so like if you want this kind of like good design, you're going to pay that much money. But if you want like lower quality, you're going to probably pay less, but you're going to get like way worse quality and way mm. worse designs so we decided to be like mid-range we're better than this but we're cheaper than this you know we're better than whatever bad quality this is and we're cheaper than whatever good quality this is so we're like in somewhere in the middle yeah you have to look around ho chi minh for perhaps similar products or similar i guess competitors to you know work out where you stand is that something you have to do of course and yeah. also global market because we're not just aiming for saigon and ho chi minh we're you know like also looking at Egypt, we're looking at generally global market, looking at the States, looking at Canada, looking at Australia. So we're looking at global market, how things go. And of course, like here, the prices are pretty like much cheaper, but when you go like to like countries like the States, you're gonna find the prices much more expensive. So like our prices compared to that is much more competitive, you know? Yeah, massively. Yeah. I'm trying to think that starting up anything in Vietnam, I guess this is the perfect city for it in a way because there are so many different foreigners, so many different cultures, so many different areas that you can market to. It's almost like a dream that you can market towards, I feel. I feel like setting up any kind of project here is a great place to be and it's a testament to Saigon that this is a place where so many people can start these businesses, whether it be restaurants or design businesses or podcasts. Saigon is you know, the hub of opportunity. 
that's how I describe it. It is big time because I see a lot of people starting their businesses, like you said, like a lot of bars, restaurants, podcasts, uh, design companies, or whatever, and they they just start from there, and it's it's very rich this place. Saigon is amazing. Like he, anybody can make it. You know, mm. it's it's full of opportunities, and and you know, like whatever you want to do, you can do it in Saigon. And I wouldn't say it's really easy to make it, but you know, it's it's probably easier than other countries yeah. other cities other big t- cities it's it's a it's an amazing place to start yeah. saigon do you think it's important maybe i'm just trying to think for things i wish i'd have known when i arrived in 2019 versus what i know now and one of them is the main thing of find some kind of project towards the beginning if i'd have found comeback to in this when i got here in the summer of 2019 i feel like i would have saved a lot of issues that arose after that and when i see a lot of people in Saigon. It is this amazing hub of opportunity, but you can go one of two ways because everything is available. You can either, you know, do a restaurant or do a project and really channel your energy there, or there are bars, there are strip clubs, <laughs> there are massage parlors. You can really go one of two ways. How important do you think it is at the beginning of your time in Saigon to find something that you want to lean towards? Well, well, I'll tell you this. When I came to Saigon, one of my friends told me that Listen, you can be whatever the fuck you want to be here. You can either you can either be like a, a successful person with like a, a a good you know relationships, financially well, doing financially well, doing uh, emotionally and you know whatever like you can just be a good person, or you can be a fucked up person going to beef every night and going to bars and parties and shit. You know, he told me like you can be whatever the fuck you want. So just choose carefully and do what you think is right for you, and. This stayed for, with me for, for, for a long time and it's, it's just amazed me that, you know, like, it, it really is possible because I saw a lot of both people, you know, mm. I saw a lot of successful people, like businesses, people doing really well, like, you know, like, whatever they want, like, someone wants to start a business, someone wants, like, uh, really into, like, their uh, physical appearance or something, yeah, yeah. like, they're really, someone really sociable, like, going around, like, uh, you know. And I saw the other side of Saigon. I saw like people getting drunk every night, doing drugs every night, which is like really, you know, like the dark side of Saigon. And uh, it, it can really go either way. It just depends on what you want, yeah. what you want to be. Yeah. If, if you don't set a goal for yourself, if you don't set like, you know, like, uh, it, you can get lost to be honest. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not really, it's, I wouldn't say it's too easy to get lost, but it's, it is possible to get lost in Saigon with, you know, like, it's because everything's really easy, especially for expats and teachers, you know, it's yeah, really yeah. easy. So, yeah, I just, I, I, th- I think you just gotta set, your, set, you know, like, set your goals, set what you want to do. And of course, it's, you know, like, it's okay to have fun from time to time. Of course, go out, party, do whatever you want, even go to Weaven or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Know, but like Still not experience every to a degree. Night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great experience to have, you know, like, but not every night, you know, when it's every night, it's a problem. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> I feel like once it gets to like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you think, oh, come like, on. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Weekend's fine, but once you get to that part, that's when it can get exactly. really hazy. <laughs> yeah. I always find it fascinating. I'm writing a book on this actually. This is why I'm a bit more curious nowadays. I love like both sides of Saigon and this using partially my mainly my own experiences, but also stories I've heard from others and seen from others. And I'm putting it together in a collective form. It'll be out in a couple of years. But this is why I'm kind of curious now. I feel like a lot of it has to do with where you came from before Saigon. 
where if before Saigon you were in a great place emotionally, healthy, physically and mentally, then you would you know, probably come here and find the opportunities because they're everywhere. Like it's easy to spot a yellow car once. If you're thinking of a yellow car, likewise with an opportunity. But if you came here and you know you were broken in some form or there was some unhealed trauma or damage, Saigon offers a lot of escapisms and not the healthiest sort. Like yeah, Boy Vien literally, <laughs> it, it, it can hit you and you can get sucked there. So this is why I think it depends what happened before that. So I, it, almost what I would say to people before Saigon is, when you before you come to Saigon, check yourself. Like really think, are you okay? And answer that question honestly. Are you actually okay? And really go deep. And if the answer is no, really go deep into why. Because Saigon will test you in that regard. It's gonna swallow you. <laughs> it's gonna swallow you. Here's a story for your book. Yeah. The person that told me about Saigon and told me to come to Saigon, uh, he was a friend of mine and he... Uh, he told me that he's working here, things are fine, and he told me, like, you should try it out here. I didn't know much of what he's doing here. I just knew that he's teaching, he's doing well, so I was like, okay, yeah, why not? Try it out. And then when I came here, I, we were trying, you know, like, I came here and I was trying to see him a few times, and every time I call him, he tells me that he's fucked up in a way or something, and then, like, he started telling me, like, oh, I left Saigon because it's, uh, it's, the, it's the Sin City. I, I left Saigon. And then... After like three, four months, he called me and said, hey, I'm in Saigon, let's meet tomorrow, tomorrow morning. I was like, okay, let's meet tomorrow morning, finally. And the next morning, he calls me and says that, hey, man, I, I woke up in Bouivian and I lost my wallet. I don't have any money, credit cards, I have nothing. Can you please come over and buy me some breakfast because I'm dying of hunger here or something? And I was like, holy shit, this guy's photo. How, how the hell did I follow this guy here? I was like, I felt really lucky that I came here and didn't end up, you know, like, because I didn't know. Like, if, yeah. if I knew what's happening to him, I would have never came here. But I just came and, you know, saw both sides of Saigon and he ended up to be one of these people. But, you know, it was just like, I was like how the hell did I follow him here? Like, it was yeah. just like, you know, like, kind of funny. Are you able to say what happened to him in the end? Did he stay in Saigon? Did he go home? He's still in Saigon. He's still in Saigon, right? He, okay. he leaves Saigon and comes occasionally, but, you know. He... <laughs> right, one of those, yeah. It's one a funny those. one because I came here when I just turned 22, so I was still out of uni, and I was in this university lifestyle where you go to people's houses, you get fucked, you go to places like Boy Vienne, you go to work and you don't really care that much because you're young, etc. I was in that mode. But then I saw people who were doing it in like their mid-30s and their 40s. And I'm sat there thinking, I don't like to be judgmental, but I'm thinking, if I, you know, if I, had, to predict, if I had to choose where I'll be when I'm 30 or 40, it wouldn't be Boy Vienne. So that, that really you know, came, gave me you know, the question, why do people come to Saigon? And it comes up with so many different answers, and it's why I ask every podcast appearance almost. But I think, wow, how, how did people come here at this point? Like, what made the choice to come to Saigon? Was it because they knew it was a city where you can do anything... Would, did they just stumble by chance, like myself? I, I do always wonder the, the true cause of why people came here. And then, can I ask you, why did you choose it? Was it literally because of that guy? Well, because, um, well, as I told you, I studied art. Mm. And you know how artists are. They're yes. poor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's yeah. be honest about this. Artists are poor. We don't make that much money. And um, I was really struggling, struggling in Egypt with, you know, like the art scene and and just trying to find a job that pays pays off you know like rent or yeah, like, you know, yeah. like everyday needs you know and it was really hard I, I was really struggling with that major like it was just like i felt like did i choose the wrong major like what did i do to myself like i enjoyed uni because you know like i'm studying art so like i didn't give a shit i was having fun 
but then when you came to real life it just like slaps you on the face and like like this is reality like yeah. art doesn't make money unless you're you know like fucking picasso or something then probably you make money and also like I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but Van Gogh, for example, like he died poor. Yeah. Nobody knew about his yeah, work yeah, yeah. until he died. Most most artists, even musicians, or or most of them are just poor. Like only if like very few of them that actually make it. Like think of how many bands or how many artists that started to sing or like started a band or something, and they actually made it. Yeah. yeah. What's the percentage of these people versus whoever didn't make it? Yeah. And how much are they making? Like not even. Yeah, that yeah. Much, to know, live like, a comfortable life. Art, yeah. music, all these kind of things, they just, they just don't make that much money. So I was open for opportunities, like, and I was just talking to that friend, and he just like, kept telling me, like, I'm in Saigon. I was like, what's Saigon? Where is that? And he told me, like, Vienna. I was like, you're in Vietnam? That's crazy. And then, you know, like, one day, like, I was just, like, so desperate. Like, I just came home from work, and I'm like, I'm just so tired. Like, I'm, I'm ready to try something new. And he told me, like, just come man like it's really easy your English is good just come try to have a it's gonna be easy for you to find a job because you have you know like, you can make it and I was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out you know like why not yeah and I did and it, it worked so I was like great yeah. how long has it been three years uh, a bit over two years now right cool yeah yeah I'm similar two and a half July 2019 yeah I'm trying to just compile a, you know a handbook of the do's and don'ts of Saigon when you arrive, I would say, I'm gonna pose this and this might be tricky. Mm. What is, for people who are listening who are thinking of moving to Saigon, one thing you think you should do versus one thing that you definitely shouldn't do, what would you say? One thing that you should always do is have a raincoat in your motorbike. That's a must. That's a, yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. Because <laughs> you never know. One thing you should never do is, uh, I don't know, like, I'd say like the, the, you know, like the, the go to weave in everyday part. Yeah. I think that part's really, it, it really swallows you. It does, but it's because it's really easy to get lost. Yeah. If you're on day three in Boivien, check yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's what <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah. Like when you start, when you, when you just came to Vietnam, it's okay to go like, you know, discover Boivien, discover whatever like uh, Saigon is. But if you're doing it every day, just, you know. Check yourself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. True. I'm trying to think. I think the thing I would say do is probably find a hobby. I probably would say, you know, find something towards the beginning that can keep you on the straight and That's narrow. important. That's very yeah. important. Yeah. Maybe after, say, ideally at the very beginning, but after at least two or three weeks. Because otherwise, you know, Boy VM will become more and more appealing. And if you don't have anything to focus on, you can go down that route. That would be my do. Whether that be, you know, take care a bit more of your fitness or your health, start a YouTube channel, start True. a blog, start, do something. The don't is probably yeah similar in terms of the boy VM part. But what I'm, what I'm, the reason why I'm kind of explaining this uh, and kind of babbling is because it's hit me on something I've been talking about with guests recently, which is, as an artist, as a musician, you're not going to make that much money. As likely as that is, you know, ninety six percent won't, if not more. So it really does come back to doing it for the internal reasons and literally doing it because you want to not thinking oh I can do this design because it will make me a fortune because it most likely won't it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to say most likely I'm being kind you're not getting <laughs> you're not getting shit so yeah it's the going back to the internal reasons I think that's why people should do it and people should really look more at the internal logic rather than the external 100% I agree because because why like when I'm doing like this when I'm doing like uh, when I'm trying to do more of what I like I'm not looking for, you know, like, I'm not, 
I'm not expecting it to be my main source of income. Mm. Of course not. It's just something that I like doing that, you know, like it just keep, keeps the balance between doing something what makes money and what makes me, you know, like happy in life generally. Yeah. Also, what I would add to the, the don't rule, uh, uh, part, the don'ts, don't be an asshole because a lot of people come here and they just think they're like, they own the fucking world and they just started to be, start to be assholes, especially to Vietnamese people, yes. which pisses me off. Mm. And, you know, it just like, I just feel like have some respect for the country that you're at and the people like some people just come here like oh Vietnamese people are stupid or like oh like something something like just you know like have some respect for the place that you're staying at yeah and you know it's just just people come here and start to be assholes like to you know just because they're like you know yeah. making money or whatever it's just it's just you know I think that's a sign of where you were at before that, though. Like, if you were doing well true. in your home country, you'd come here and you'd be on that level. But if you were struggling, you'd come here and suddenly think, I'm the dog's bollocks, I'm going to go to Boy Vien and swear at the Vietnamese and put them down, rather than actually, you know, embracing it. It depends in that sense. I've seen people at restaurants before. They, the Vietnamese staff will come over to take their order and they'll be horrible. They'll be extremely rude. And the manager will come over, he'll be foreign, American, let's say. Hey, man, great to see you. And I'm thinking... Your demeanor's just completely changed. Exactly. Like, yeah, it, it boggles me. It, yeah, it boggles my mind. But yeah, that's Vietnam. What is your favorite thing about Vietnam? Oh, so many, man. I can list some stuff. Like, okay, yeah, so what, what first comes to mind when you say that, the fruit ladies going around with already cut and washed fruits around mm-hmm. lunchtime, that is incredible. I've never seen that anywhere else. It's just incredible. Like, whatever you want, like mangoes, yeah. uh, guava, watermelon. like watermelon, yeah. whatever you want. It's fucking delicious, man. I fucking love it. Uh, how cheap the food is and uh, how healthy it is, how many healthy options that you have and how easy it is to get vegan food around here because it's the thing, you know, like it's really easy to get mm. vegan food. Of course, I don't love all, all kinds of food, but, you know, like I, I like the vegan part. Uh, what else? People, I, I think people are very nice. I would agree. Compared to other countries, I'd say Vietnamese people are pretty decent and nice to, I'd say expats at least, because in other countries I know for sure that they're not that nice to expats. And um, of course it's the normal, you know, like they're just trying, sometimes you would find, run into Vietnamese people who try to make the most money out of you, but that's normal of course, because you know, like Vietnam is a poor country, yeah, yeah. like a lot of other countries, also Egypt. like. I see a lot of that in Egypt, like they just like see an expat and they're trying to make the most money out of that person. I see that in Egypt as well. I know it's normal. But uh, I'd say like they're still pretty decent, pretty nice. If you just tell them like stop or like don't touch me or something, like they're just going to stop. So yeah, like a lot of things like that's, that's just on top of my mind. Yeah. Are there any... Uh, quite <coughs> One of the quick-fire Vietnamese questions that I now have is, if you could change one thing about Vietnam, what would that be and why? Eating dogs. Eating dogs. Please. <laughs> no one's actually said that yet. Really? Yeah, everyone always says traffic, pollution, which I get, and I was probably going to say the same thing there, but yeah, eating dogs, of course. Eating dogs. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I come from Egypt, so like, come on, this is like, you know, this is yeah, yeah. a holiday for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've just got this memory of my first week looking over and there was a dog in a cage. I was like, I did barking, and I was like, oh, okay, this is weird. And then it just hit me, oh, this is what's going to happen to the dog. Yeah, yeah. That was a horrible one. I, 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 yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I've got two more Vietnam, Vietnam quick fires before we can probably wrap up, unless you have final thoughts. One of the Vietnamese quick fires is, what 
was the first one? Ah, you are in Saigon now, and you've lived here since the beginning, I believe. If you could live in another part of Vietnam, where would it be and why? Well, I have not been around Vietnam as much as I want, especially the north, because I've been in a lot of areas in the south and middle part of Vietnam, but I haven't, I haven't seen, like I went to Hanoi just for one day, I haven't seen Hanoi, Hanoi, you know? I, I want to go to Sapa, I want to go to Nha Trang. I hear a lot of stories about Nha Trang. I've never been there. Mm. So I don't know, to be honest, but I definitely want to discover more of Vietnam. It's such a beautiful country and there's so many things to see. Yeah, you've been and every, every place is just special. Like if you go to the beach side of Vietnam, it's just like, you know, if you go to Phu Wok, that's something. If you go to Dalat, like, yeah. It's a completely different country, you know. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, have you ever been to Dalat? Have you? It's amazing. I, I love, love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's the most common answer that like, people get. I'm like, where would you live, Dalat? Like, straight away, almost. So, yeah. I'd say, I, but I haven't seen the north, so I wouldn't be fair, you know? Yeah, I'm just going with what I've seen so far, and I've only seen Hanoi up north. I wouldn't move to Hanoi. No, I've been there three times, and I wouldn't move there, but I get why people would. Like, it's not for everyone. It's almost a smaller, more condensed Saigon. And the pollution's dreadful. I'm just going to say it's shocking, but, you know, it's not the greatest down south either. So it really depends, but, yeah, I'll probably, I'll choose Dalat, I think, yeah, for me. And I guess the final quickfire. If you could take one celebrity or public figure and bring them to Saigon, Vietnam for a day, oh, who would you choose and what would you do with them? I've had Trump in Tao Dien, John Mayer at Broma. Oh my god, that's a tricky question. Ah, you should have asked me that before. <laughs> yeah, 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 I should have given you some preparation for this. So, one. so many people in mind. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe on top of my mind, uh, what's his name? The Deadpool guy. Oh, Ryan. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. My god, I'd take this guy around and just you know like. Just see his reactions. I take him to Weaver and see what he yeah. says. Yeah. <laughs> I see what he does, you know. Yeah. A lot of people say Boy Vienna actually. When I say of the place, they go Boy Vienna. I'm like, yeah. And we've spoken about Boy Vienna enough in this conversation. Or or the guy from Dictator, what's his name? Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, my god. Oh, this guy would be hilarious in Boy Vienna. Field day. Whoa. <laughs> Surprised he hasn't made his way yet. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> He's done Borat, Ali G, the Dictator. Borat and Boy Vienna. Borat and Boy Vienna. Imagine yeah. that. Hey, <laughs> what have you got there? I'll see the <laughs> yeah. yeah you got any final thoughts Zed before we wrap up I do I do I have a game for you actually fuck alright you're the first person who's brought a I, game are you ready for my game I think so okay so it's a pretty simple game probably know it so I'm gonna tell you one word and you tell, tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say that word sure Vina Bami alright um, Mike Tyson Animal wow Sapporo. Oh, lovely. Lovely. <laughs> lovely tower. He's got a lovely tower. Okay, all right. Uh, Nick. Nick, legend. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on which Nick. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. Going very well now. Uh, DMZ. DMZ. Ah. Mm. <laughs> keep my lips sealed. Literally, this image of keeping my lips sealed. <laughs> okay, I have a last one for you. Uh, Tao Dian. Wild mini Europe. <laughs> it's not even that wild, actually, but yeah. No, that's a good yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, here's a clue. The, the book might be called DMZ because 
No, I don't think I don't think we call it as the mm. title, but what actually I, what I meant to mention earlier is Maybe a chapter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely a chapter. I've already got the list, don't worry. But um here's a, a genuine point is often when you think of doing something creative, you get bogged down by the name. Like I thought about this book for ages and I was like, oh no, but I need to what am I gonna call it? Saigon this, Saigon that. But the story you told me about the match of design. It was almost similar with my own, and almost as similar with almost any other one that I've heard. Any good story, it's just completely random. Where you're thinking, "Oh, what should we call it? Oh, there's matcha. Something, call it matcha." And it's simple as that. Yeah, same with comeback. I was like, "Comeback." Oh, my initials are CK, and I want to do something about coming back from adversity. Comeback, CK, boom. That was it. So this is why with this book, I haven't got a title yet. I'll write it without the title. I'll write the book, and then one day I'll just pick it out thinner. It's yeah. just gonna come. It'll come. Yeah, exactly. maybe DMZ. Nah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Volumes of volumes of Vietnam. if it's not if it's not the name of the book, I'm hundred percent sure that it's going to be a chapter. It will book. be a chapter, and of I will course. call it the MZ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in two years' time, I'll give you credit. I'll give you a little shout out. <laughs> yeah, said thanks very much, man. That was amazing. I love this one so much. Cheers, dude.